First Baptist Melbourne podcast, making disciples here and everywhere for the glory of God. Father, we thank you for the amazing gift of your son, Jesus. Father, we do not understand why you have loved us so much that you have given us your one and only son. That he would die the death that we deserved. That we might live forever with you. But we thank you for your love. We thank you for this meal that you have given us that reminds us of your great love. And Father, now as we turn to your word, we thank you for your word as well. That you have revealed yourself to us, that you speak to us. We pray that you would speak to us even now through your word and by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have watched the news at all this past week, Most likely you have seen some of the coverage of the 75th anniversary of D-Day that was this past Thursday, June the 6th. And, uh, you know, as I looked at images like this one uh, this past week and tried to imagine what it would have been like for those soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy 75 years ago, it was so moving to me and I was filled with gratitude once again, as I'm sure you were as well. Gratitude for those who died, gratitude for those who risked their lives, both for us as well as uh, to liberate other nations as well. And thinking about D-Day this past week really made me think about the topic of my message today even more, because that topic is the role of grandparents in the family. And D-Day made me think even more of that because both of my grandfathers were in the military during World War II. My dad's dad was a Marine uh, who was actually on a boat headed over to uh, the European theater uh, when they announced that the war had ended. And then my mom's dad was in General Patton's army and landed on the beaches at Normandy in the second wave a couple of months after D-Day, and he marched across France and Germany in the final days of the war. And I'm so thankful for both of my grandfathers, not only for what they have done for our country, but because of what they gave along with my grandmothers to me. And uh, I'm sure that is the same for you, whether your grandparents are living or uh, as uh, for me, if they have passed away, I'm sure that you would agree Uh, that grandparents are so special in our lives. And that is the way that God has designed it. That is the way that God has put the family together. And so we're going to talk about that today, the impact that grandparents can have on their grandchildren. Now, of course, I know that not everybody here is a grandparent. Uh, Obviously, I am not yet a grandparent, Uh, Well, I guess I shouldn't say obviously. You know, I was out um, a few weeks ago with uh, my four sons, and somebody did ask me, oh, are those your grandchildren? (laughs) 
wanted to say, come on, man. I mean, I know that I'm follically challenged. And I may look like it, but I'm not a grandparent yet. And most of you here today are not grandparents. And yet, we have all either had or have now living grandparents. Uh, we, many of us have uh, children uh, and our parents, our grandparents to them, and I'm so thankful for all four of the amazing grandparents that my children have in their life and that we live in cro- close proximity to them and they're able to, to grow up with those influences in their life. And, uh, and then, of course, no matter what stage of life you find yourself in today, we're all a part of a church family that has grandparents in it. And it is important that we hold up Uh, this crucial role that grandparents play in the family uh, during this Family Matters series. And before I forget, I do want to mention that next week is the last week uh, in this Family Matters series, and I hope that uh, you'll be able to make it back as next week we're going to talk about uh, technology. And I really believe that as parents today, this is one of the most difficult things that parents face is how do we parent in a digital age? And uh, so again, next week, uh, we'll be thinking about that from the Word of God. But again, today uh, is about the role of grandparents, and I believe and hope and trust that there will be something uh, in this message today for all of us. Uh, In his uh, wonderful book called Biblical Grandparenting, uh, Josh Mulvihill says this, and I quote, Grandparenting is not highly valued in America or in the church, Grandparents have the opportunity to make a significant spiritual impact, but are settling for an independent existence that does not interfere with their adult children's decisions and places them on the periphery of family life. He says this, Grandparents need a multi-generational, gospel-centered vision for their life. Mulvihill goes on to explain how we got to this point that even in the church, uh, sometimes the role of grandparents is minimized. And he argues that a lot of it has to do with a lack of understanding about what the Bible teaches regarding the role of grandparents. Uh, He conducted a survey of 25 different sets of grandparents uh, who were a part of 25 different evangelical churches all over the country, and he interviewed each and every one of them, and uh, what he learned is that not even one of them remembers ever hearing a sermon about grandparenting in their entire lives. They had heard tons of sermons about marriage, uh, tons of sermons about parenting, but had never heard about grandparenting from the Word of God. And the problem with that is if we're not Uh, taking our cues from what the Bible tells us about the role of grandparenting, then what we will likely do is take our cues from culture and and what the culture around us tells us that a grandparent should be. And what is our culture telling us? Our culture is telling us that above all, grandparents should make sure that they do not meddle in their kids' lives, that they basically keep their distance from their children and from their grandchildren, Uh, They also, the culture is basically saying that grandparents do not play an essential role in the lives of their grandchildren, that basically their job is done. They have raised their kids, and now uh, they can kind of move on and let their kids and their grandkids be. 
culture says that really what grandparents should be doing, especially in the latter years of their life, is, is kind of living it up and doing all the things that they wish they could have done during their working years. Uh, a bumper sticker that you will sometimes see uh, says these words, we're spending our kids' inheritance. Right? And what is the idea there? The idea is we're not thinking about the generations that come after us, a legacy that we're leaving to them, whether that be financial or otherwise. What we're focused on is indulging ourselves. And the implication there is that we have earned that right because of years of working, and now what we should be focused on is our own entertainment and pleasure. Culture is also teaching us that uh, if grandparents are involved in their grandkids' lives, that really their main job is just to be the grandchild's playmate. They need to play with them. They need to, to spoil them. They need to give them gifts and give them, of course, lots of candy. And now, is there anything wrong with a grandparent spending time with their grandchild, playing with them, giving them gifts, giving them candy? Of course not. But the problem is, is that our culture says that that is all that the role of a grandparent consists of. And the Bible says it's a lot more than that. And so again, in the church, we need to take our cues from what the Bible says about the role of a grandparent. And so if you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Psalm 78? Psalm 78, right about in the middle of your Bible. And, and this is going to be our main text for today. And it does have a lot of important things to say about the role of grandparents. But, you know, even before we dive into this passage, there's one foundational truth I want to share with you first that really just kind of undergirds everything else that we're going to talk about today. And it has to do with, with old age in general. Now, when I say that, I want to be clear. I know that there are many grandparents, and maybe even some of you here, uh, who are grandparents, but you're in your 40s or you're in your 50s. Uh, there are a lot of middle-aged grandparents who are out there, and again, you might be one of them. But in general, when we think about grandparents, we think about those who are a little bit older, those who may be considered senior adults, depending on your definition of where that line begins. And, and so biblically speaking, we need to affirm this truth. Old age, old age, the typical season of grandparenting can be a time of much spiritual fruit. It can be a time when much spiritual fruit is produced. Now, all culture disagrees with that. Again, our culture says that when you're older, that really uh, there isn't a whole lot that you can do. Your working years are done. You're, they they kind of say your contribution to society is over. And, and so really, you just need to rest on a beach somewhere or spend every day of your life playing golf. But again, that's not what God says. I love the words of Psalm 92 on this subject. Look, look at this. The psalmist says this, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. So far from your productive years being behind you, the Lord says to older believers that if you remain close to him, if you remain planted with him, that you will keep on bearing fruit even in your old age. That these years can be years of great spiritual fruitfulness if you will let the Lord use you. I wish we had more time to talk about how God is using and can use senior adults, 
all over the world for the cause of missions in ways that sometimes younger folks cannot be used. I wish we had time to talk about the ways that senior adults are being used and can be used in all the ministries of our church, working with children and and teenagers and young adults, and how much God can use you to pass down what you have learned. But for the sake of our our focus today, I, I want us to think most of all about the fruitfulness that you can have in your role as a grandparent. And again, Psalm 78 has a lot to say about that. Now this psalm, Psalm 78, is actually the longest of all the psalms except for Psalm 119. Uh, Today we're only going to look at a few of the opening verses, more or less the introduction to this psalm. But if you read the rest of the psalm, it's very similar to Stephen's speech uh, that we read about in Acts chapter 7. Stephen, the first martyr of the church. And in his speech and in Psalm 78, what you find is kind of a history of the people of God, of the nation of Israel. And really what's emphasized is how disobedient the people of God throughout their history were, how rebellious they were to God's command, how unbelieving they were of God's promises. And yet in spite of that, how gracious and how merciful God was to them and how merciful and gracious God is to us. Really, verse 8 is, is kind of the main idea of the psalm. If you look at that with me, he says this, and, and may not be like their fathers. This is his hope. Don't be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set it, its heart aright, and whose spirit was not faithful to God. So he doesn't want them to be like their fathers, like their ancestors. He wants the generations to come to be faithful to God. And in the verses immediately preceding verse 8, he gives us God's plan for that to happen. Look at verse 5 with me. He says there, For he established a testimony in Jacob. He appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children, that the generations to come might know them the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. As we talk today about what God says about grandparenting, I want to share with you, first of all, the plan, and secondly, the priorities, and thirdly, the practices that God wants for godly grandparents. First off, let's look at God's plan. God's plan. And again, you see that there in verses 5 through 7. And I don't know if you notice how many generations were talked about in those verses. But in verse 5, he's talking about how their fathers had been commanded to pass down their faith to their children. But notice why it's so important that the fathers taught their children. Look at verse 6. That the generation to come might know them. The children who would be born. Who's he talking about now? Now he's talking about the grandchildren, the children of their children who haven't even been born yet. And it really doesn't even stop there because it goes on and says this, that they may arise and declare them to their children. So who is that? That's the great-grandchildren. And so what you find in these couple of verses is actually a four-generation vision of faith being handed down from one generation to the next, to the next, to the next. And grandparents and even great-grandparents are a part of God's plan for that to happen, 
for faith to be handed down across the generations. And you find this all the way back in Moses' law in Deuteronomy chapter 4. Moses said this, he said, And what great nation is there that has such statutes and righteous judgments as are in all this law which I set before you today? Only take heed to yourself and diligently keep them, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Listen, and teach them to your children and your grandchildren. And so here is the truth that we see in God's word. God's plan for families includes grandparents passing down their faith to their grandchildren. I know that this rubs against the grain of our, of our culture. Uh, I mean, some people even feel that parents should not be handing down their faith to their children, right? That we should just allow our kids to explore faith for themselves without any input from us and just kind of let them land wherever they land. And then many people believe that grandparents are even one step removed from that and, and have even less business trying to instill faith in the hearts of their grandchildren. But again, that's what our culture says. That's not what God says. What God says is that he has given to children, parents, and ideally grandparents as well. And his intention is to use all of them as a part of instilling faith and handing down faith to the next generation. His heart is that uh, children would have at least two people, two parents, and ideally six people. Two grandparents and, or two parents and four grandparents, if they are still living, who are able to pass on that faith. I know for some of you, uh, you are grandparents who, who maybe have children or uh, sons and daughters-in-law uh, who are kind of the, the gatekeepers, more or less, uh, as to whether or not you have access to your grandchildren. And I know that some of you right now maybe don't have the access to your grandchildren that you wish you had, or maybe you're able to see them, but you're not free to speak openly about your faith with them. And, and I'm so sorry if that is the case. It is such a sad situation to be in. But, but of course, know that the Lord knows the situation that you're in. He knows what you're able to do. He knows what you are not able to do in your situation. But continue to pray. Continue to look to the Lord and ask Him for opportunities to point your grandchildren to the Lord. You know, for many of you, though, that's not the case. Many of you have complete access to your grandchildren. You can see them as much as you want. Uh, many of you have the freedom to speak whatever you want to your grandchildren. Even for some of you who maybe your adult children are not really following the Lord right now or not really uh, in church right now, but, but yet maybe they're not opposed to you sharing with them about the Lord. Maybe they're not even opposed to you uh, if you have the opportunity to picking them up on Sunday morning and bringing them to church. You know, many a child has come to know Jesus because their grandparent picked them up on Sunday morning and brought them to church where they heard the gospel. Maybe you have the opportunity to do that. I know for some grandparents here, you are removed from your grandchildren by distance, by a geographical barrier where you don't live near some or perhaps even all of your grandchildren. It's hard for you to do some of the things that we're going to talk about uh, this morning. And yet with that said, in the world that we live in, and here's the good side of technology that we'll talk about uh, next week, it has never been easier to stay connected. It's never been easier to reach out and to be able to make a difference, even when you are at a great distance. 
But I think that this is where our understanding of the biblical role of a grandparent needs to start. Understanding that God's plan for you is to make a difference. That God's plan is to use you in the lives of your grandchildren to point them to Jesus. So that's his plan. But next I want us to see the priorities. The priority is that the Lord calls godly grandparents to have. And I think that understanding this is so important because a big part of what you hit is what you're aiming at. Big part of what you hit is what you're aiming at. That's true when it comes to parenting. And that's true when it comes to grandparenting. For our grandparents who are here today, uh, what is your ultimate goal? What is your greatest objective when it comes to your grandchildren? For some grandparents, their greatest objective is that their grandchildren just be happy and healthy. For some, it's that uh, they be successful in life. For some, it's that they be financially well-established. And it's not that any of those things are bad. And yet, what the Bible teaches us is that our greatest objective, uh, our ultimate aim, what we should be praying to God most about for our grandkids and for our great-grandkids after them is that they know Jesus, that they love Jesus, and that they follow God's will for their life. That should be our highest aspiration. I referenced earlier the study that uh, author Josh Mulvihill did of Christian grandparents, and among those that he surveyed, and again, these are evangelical, uh, born-again believers. Among those that he surveyed, 75% of grandparents indicated something other than spiritual discipleship as the highest priority of their grandparenting. 75% said there was something more important than the discipleship of their grandchildren in their role as a grandparent. Some of them said they felt like their highest priority was to be a cheerleader for their grandkids, to encourage them to accomplish whatever they set out to do in life. Others said they felt like their primary role was to just to support their adult children, uh, to babysit and come alongside them and do whatever they could to help them. Others said that their main role was just to be a loving friend, a companion to their grandchildren. So they did a lot of activities with them, made a lot of memories with them. And again, there's nothing wrong with any of those things, all of that is an important part of loving our grandkids well. But somehow we have strayed from the Word of God when something other than discipleship is our highest aim. One of those that Mulva Hill surveyed, an evangelical Christian woman named Francine, had grandchildren who do not go to church, but she explained in her interview, why she would not even bring that subject up with her son. And she said this, and I quote, The parents are answerable to God for how they raise their child. I was answerable for how I raised my children, but I am not answerable, I don't feel like I am, for my grandchildren. Now my job is to encourage the parents to do the right thing. Francine said she feels like she's not answerable or accountable to God for her grandchildren's faith. Basically, she said, that's the parent's job. Uh, that's not my job. But is that right? Is that what the Bible teaches? Absolutely not. Earlier, we looked at the four-generation vision that the psalmist lays out here of faith being handed down from one generation to the next. And with that in mind, look at verse 7. Look at what he says we as parents and also as grandparents and great-grandparents should be aiming at 
in our descendants' lives. Verse 7, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And based on that, I believe that grandparents should have two main priorities for their grandchildren. And the first is this, their salvation. You see that there in the phrase that they may set their hope in God. The word hope there speaks to trust, to to what they are relying on. And Christian grandparent, is that what you are praying for your grandchild more than anything else? Is that what you're asking God to do in their lives? Are you praying the words of verse 7 saying, God, uh, what what I want you to do is, is not so much that my grandkids would grow up and go to Yale, not so much that my grandkids would make it to the major leagues, not so much that my grandkids would sing on the stage at Broadway, but that my grandkids kids would put their hope in God. Is that what you're asking God to do more than anything else in the lives of your grandchildren? Is that your highest priority that they find their hope in God? And of course, we all need to find our hope in God, don't we? Because the Bible says that we've all sinned against God, that we've all fallen short of the perfect standard of God and his holiness And there's nothing we can do to make up for that. On our own, in fact, the Bible says we would be hopeless. All of us would be. But the good news of the Bible is that because Jesus Christ came, because he died for our sins on the cross, because he rose again on the third day, that there is hope for us in God. Hope is to be found in the person of Jesus Christ. And so whether you're a a child or a grandchild or a parent or a grandparent here today, I pray that if you haven't yet, placed your hope in Christ, that you would place your hope in Christ today. He's the only place where hope can be found. So that's our first priority, or should be, as Christian grandparents, their salvation. And then the second priority really just kind of follows after that, and that is their spiritual growth. Their spiritual growth. Notice that verse 7 doesn't just stop with that phrase, put their hope in God. But the psalmist goes on and says, and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And you remember what Jesus said in what we call the Great Commission in Matthew 28, when he gave the church our marching orders. He didn't just say, go and make disciples of all nations, right? He also said, teach them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And in other words, there is more to what we are called to do than simply seeing a person saved. We're called to invest in their life and see them to grow as a mature disciple of Jesus. And so if you're a grandparent here today, and maybe even if every single one of your grandchildren has placed their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, your job is still not done, is it? Because he's called you to continue investing in them, discipling them, helping them to grow up and to live out their faith in a way that pleases their Savior. And you know, really, that's the main idea this morning. We need to reject this idea that the culture is giving us, uh, what, what they say the purpose of a grandparent should be. And we need to embrace what God says in his word the purpose of a grandparent should be. And God says that you, as a Christian grandparent, have a hugely important Role. God says this, that as a grandparent, you have a grand purpose to pass on a godly heritage and to point your grandchildren to Jesus. Now, how can we do that? We've talked about the plan. We've talked about the priorities. Let's 
spend the last couple minutes we have and talk about the practices. The practices. What are the practices that God calls parents and grandparents to do in order to do this, in order to pass down this heritage from one generation to the next? I think there are two very clear practices in this passage. First off, the Lord calls grandparents to tell God's works. To tell God's works. If you look at verse 4, we read this, we will not hide them from their children, telling to the generations to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. Now he's referring to the things that verse 3 talks about, the things that their fathers had passed down to them, which is how God worked through Israel's history for their good and for his glory. And, And what he's saying here is he's making a commitment. He's saying, we will not hide what God has done. We will not hide the stories of what God has done in our past and what God has done in our lives, but we will declare them. We will declare God's praises. We will declare his strength and his might. We will declare all the wonderful works, he says, that God has done. And we will declare all of these things to the next generation. He says we will not hide these things. But I think that sometimes as parents and grandparents, we are guilty of hiding those things. And, and it's maybe not even that we're intentionally trying to hide those things, but, but sometimes it's because we're just not intentional about declaring them, right? When we have time with uh, grandkids, perhaps, maybe the topic of conversation is always about sports or it's always about uh, something on the news or it's always about fishing or hunting or it's always about school or grades or whatever else it might be. But maybe we're not taking intentional time to speak with them about the Lord, to declare to them the works of God, not only in the world, but the works of God, most importantly, in your own life. And so, grandparent, here's a question for you. Have you personally shared the story of how you came to know Jesus Christ as Savior with every one of your grandchildren? Have you shared with them how God saved you? Do your grandkids know that story? Could they retell that story because they know it so well? Have they ever heard you share about some of the other God stories, God things that he has done in your life where you saw God's hand in such an evident, visible way? Hearing those things is so huge for our grandchildren because it shows them that the God that we worship is not hypothetical, that the God that we worship is not abstract, but the God that we worship is real and that he has made a difference in the lives of the generations that preceded them? Have you been intentional about sharing God's works? Also, though, Christian grandparents need to be intentional to teach God's words. To teach God's words. Look at verse 5. He says, For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. Now the word testimony there refers to God's testimony. It's another way of referring to God's law, to God's commandments. And he's saying that God has commanded us as parents, and he goes on to say grandparents and great-grandparents, to pass on this law, the words of God, to our children and our grandchildren. In 2 Timothy 3, we read about a grandmother named Lois, who is faithful to teach the scriptures to her grandson named Timothy. 
And we read about how she taught him the scriptures from the time that he was a boy. And so again, grandparents, ask yourself that question. Are you doing that? Are you right now being intentional about teaching God's word to your grandchildren? Or are you assuming, well, you know, their parents will do that? Or the church will do that? But even if their parents are doing that, and even if the church is doing that, God has an important role for you to play. He wants you to teach them God's word also. And there's a lot of ways that you can go about doing that. That will look different from family to family. You know, it can, it can start with just simple things like putting up scripture and putting up some things in your home that prompt your grandkids uh, to ask questions. Another practice is just simply asking questions, asking your grandkids questions about life and cultural issues and faith and engaging them in conversation about that. Uh, you can even give your grandkids an assignment maybe about a topic that comes up to, to look up whatever God's word has to say about that topic and you'll do the same and then come back and talk about it. Not only are you teaching them what God's word has to say about that subject, but you're also teaching them that God's word is where we go to find the answer to anything in life. What an important lesson. Of course, one of the most simple things you can do is just to read the Bible with your grandkids. Read maybe a children's Bible when they are younger, when they come over, or, or read a, a grown-up Bible as they begin uh, to get older. Just read a passage, talk about it together. You can also memorize scripture with your grandchild. Give them a card with the same verse that you have a card of, and both of you work on it until the next time you see each other. Of course, uh, what's difficult about that is that your grandkids will probably make it look very easy memorizing that scripture. And for us, as we get a little bit older, that gets harder for us. What a special thing to do. And then, of course, a part of teaching God's word is to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus, with your grandkids. Have you done that? As a Christian grandparent, have you ever sat down with each of your grandchildren and just shared the gospel with them? Again, are their parents doing that? I pray their parents are doing that. Is the church doing that? Of course we're seeking to do that, but they need to hear that from you. They need to hear from you the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ and how he has changed your life. And you know, there's probably even some grandparents in this room who have had the amazing privilege to pray with one of your grandchildren when they came to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. What a special thing. You never know when God will touch their heart and when they'll be ready to make that step of faith and put their faith in the Lord. But it starts with that commitment to tell God's works and to teach God's words. Again, as I mentioned earlier, I know some of you are separated by distance from some or or maybe even all of your grandchildren. And you know, at some point, the Lord might even lead you to relocate, to live close to them for the express intention of being able to point them to Jesus Christ. But if that's not the Lord's will for you, or if that's not possible for you, again, we live in a day and age where distance is not insurmountable. That despite being separated by distance, there are still things you can do. You can call them, you can text them, uh, you can FaceTime them, right? If there's some who don't know what that is, our grandkids definitely know what that is, right? You can FaceTime them. You can Skype them. Uh, you can uh, come and visit them. You can uh, ask them to come and visit you and maybe even to have one by one, have them come for just a few days each individually where you get to spend some time one-on-one -on -one with that child and in those days to be intentional about doing all you can to point them to Jesus. Because again, the main idea today, no matter what our culture says about it, no matter how our culture might belittle the role of a grandparent, a grandparent plays a hugely important role 
and the way that God has designed the family. Again, here's the main truth. As a grandparent, you have a grand purpose to pass on that godly heritage and to point your grandchildren to Jesus. You know, I want to invite you today um, just to respond in prayer to what God has said to you. Uh, Maybe you're here today and uh, you would say, you know what, I I need to take that step today to put my hope in Jesus. I've never done that. I've never personally put my hope in Jesus. There's going to be pastors here at the head of each aisle. And I would ask you just to come and to speak with them and pray with them about that in your life. But you know, mainly right now, I want to invite all the grandparents who are in this room. We don't usually have an invitation that's just for grandparents, but this one is. And so if you're here today and you're a grandparent, I want to ask you to do something. Maybe you haven't left your seat to come to an altar in 30 years. But if you're a grandparent in this room and you want to make that commitment to say, I want to do everything I can to point my grandchildren to Jesus, I want to ask you just to come. You're physically able to, to to kneel here, just to stand here all across this altar, grandparents. And just to begin praying, and David's just going to sing over us for a minute or two, just giving us time to, to gather here. And I just want to have a prayer with you and for you and for your grandchildren. And so if you're a grandparent, a godly grandparent who says, I want to point my grandkids to Jesus, you come right now for a time of prayer to dedicate them to the Lord. 